Greetings, listeners, and welcome back to TransUnion's podcast series. My name is Josh Gunnell, and I'm a director within TransUnion's fraud and identity team in the UK. TransUnion are a global information and insights company. In simple terms, we help businesses and organisations use our consumer data, solutions and software to help them make accurate and reliable decisions. These podcasts are produced to help listeners better understand the ever-changing data and technology landscape. In this podcast, we aim to give you a global perspective and a closer inspection on the evolution of consumer onboarding experiences in the digital channel. I'm delighted to be joined in this discussion by counterparts in TransUnion's global fraud solutions team to share their experiences and insights on how businesses across different regions and sectors have been tackling digital onboarding during COVID-19 and how this will influence strategies in a post-pandemic world. So Patrick, I'll come to you first. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, my name is Patrick Boudreau, and I am the Head of Identity Management and Fraud for TransUnion Canada. And my responsibilities are for the existing identity management solution, development, and new innovation and capabilities within the Canadian market. I work closely with the industry leaders to uncover the needs, the gaps in the fight against identity management and fraud. By keeping close to the industry and those fraud leaders, it really allows me to keep up to date on existing and emerging trends, new attack vectors, um, and really collaborate on future solutions. The roadmap here in Canada is driven in partnership with the industry fraud leaders. And Mega, can you please introduce yourself? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Megha Khetatpal. I'm part of TransUnion's fraud and identity business. My role here is to enable fraud solutions and digital onboarding for multiple international markets, including India, Hong Kong, Philippines, South Africa, and Latin America. Over these several years here, I've had the good fortune to closely interact with many of our global customers. And in the process, I've gathered a few insights regarding how businesses across different countries and sectors have been tackling their customer onboarding. I'm happy to get this opportunity to share some of those with you all today. Thanks both. To perhaps set the scene then, over the past 10 years, we've seen an acceleration in the adoption of digital technologies. Throughout the pandemic, consumers moved the majority of their transactions online. It's estimated that this rapid increase in digital transactions meant that some UK organisations delivered up to five years' worth of digital progress in just eight weeks. And after the national lockdowns of 2020 and 2021, UK consumers have continued to conduct most of their financial behaviour digitally. Globally, consumers are demanding faster, easier, slicker, safer and more personalised experiences online, especially when acquiring products and services. As table stakes, consumers can expect service providers to immediately know them, secure their personally identifiable information, and protect them from fraudulent transactions. We all know the pandemic has been a forceful catalyst in the rise of digital relationships, and those who enable smooth digital transactions gain more than just a competitive edge. But it's an ecosystem fraught with risk, with new and evolving fraud tactics disrupting the balance. The future and therefore the future of fraud prevention and identity proofing is undoubtedly digital. I'm really looking forward to hearing examples of best practice thinking that are universal and cut across borders, but also sharing insights into issues and challenges that may affect more local teams in respective geographies. With that in mind, Patrick and Mega, as this discussion on digital onboarding progresses, what would you ask listeners to pay particular attention to in this episode? 
I believe uh, my key takeaways would be customer experience and friction right experience for the customer um, is really important to the overall strategy. And what I mean by friction right experience is causing friction only when necessary. What consumers, customers expect today is a quick, easy, and intuitive flow through that digital onboarding or digital experience. Any pauses, stops will cause customers to potentially drop uh, and will impact those, uh, those conversions. What you need to do or what's important in that friction right experience is layer in defenses um, to combat the fraud and identity risks, but also creating a seamless experience. So when you can have those happen in the background where the customer doesn't see them, feel them, uh, will really improve that flow uh, through the digital experience. And Mecca? My experiences across various international markets indicates that customer is the central point of any business and they're expecting very smooth digital experiences. Now, the good news is that the building blocks of analytics, platform capabilities and technology to offer the seamless and secure digital onboarding experience already exist. Thus, businesses need to adapt to rising expectations and shift how they make decisions for consumer onboarding. Thanks both. I'm keen to understand how you think COVID-19 has impacted the design of digital onboarding flows. How would you summarize the work you've done with customers in your regions? And has there been a shift from the way you've worked with them in the past? That's a great question. I think the, the shift in the consumer behavior was happening pre-pandemic um, and, and was increasing year over year uh, to non-face-to-face channels or digital channels. I think the pandemic caused a, a giant surge, as you indicated in your, in your opening statements, where that consumer behavior was driven more by uh, the need and the necessity during that pandemic as far as businesses were forced to close their door and had to do business um, in other ways and kind of uh, reach out to their consumers COVID-19 definitely acted as a springboard for many businesses. Um, And how we worked with them is really, I classify them into three groups. We had some businesses that had very strong digital presence uh, where they just needed to kind of review, look for opportunities to improve uh, and move forward. We had some customers that had very little presence, so they had to grow and build that digital presence. Some had uh, very little presence where they needed to grow and build that digital presence in order to have a lot more uh, self-resolution for the customers so they can onboard, get through and handle anything uh, digitally instead of in person. And then we also had some customers that had no presence and needed to build and build quickly in order to uh, continue doing business, continue gaining revenue and customers. We've worked with customers in each of these buckets and we're able to offer a lot of enhancements to their existing digital flows with solutions that we have right off the shelf. We had the ability to assist businesses even stand up entirely new digital journeys. And we did this by offering single point integrations, easy plug and play uh, solutions, allowing for each of the pre-mentioned scans um, to take place. Typically, we look at this in a four-pillar solution suite. First would be the device verification, where we can risk rank, view, and verify the device that's being used within that customer onboarding journey. Number two would be the consumer verification, all the personal information, the PI information that's shared, including email, phone, we're able to do verifications on. Number three being the fraud alerting, looking at all the inputs um, and providing any triggers or fraud alerts that may exist. And number four being customer authentication, where we verify that consumer is truly who they say they are through ID verification or out-of-band questions. So just verifying that we have the right consumer on the other end of that device prior to doing business with them. Thank you, Patrick. And Mega? Yes, George, this pandemic has changed a lot of things. So we started to observe first from the end customer standpoint, 
using TransUnion's Consumer Pulse Survey, where thousands of consumers across most of our international markets were surveyed. Now, going by the responses I see, one in three consumers are planning to apply for new credit or refinancing existing credit within the next year. And clearly, digital is the dominant go-to channel for these transactions, with an average 64% of end consumers applying digitally, where we see United Kingdom, Brazil, Canada, India, and even Hong Kong leading the chart, while other markets like Colombia and Philippines catching up. So this indicates that in some of our developing markets, the need for applying in-person or through an assisted interaction continues to be equally important. And now when we see from the standpoint of our clients across the globe, one thing they quickly learned from the pandemic was that if you didn't already have a robust digital presence, you needed to fast track plans to do so. So at one end of the spectrum, we see the small and mid-sized financial institutions have either launched or are doing pilot runs to have digitally assisted channels and with some real plan to have end-to-end -end digital journey in the immediate future. And on the other side, we see larger players are on their path to fully digitize the onboarding journey and offer instant decision. And we've seen this trend in India, Hong Kong, South Africa, and our rest of Africa and Philippines are some of the other markets which are trying to even up the score. For example, in India, pre-COVID, an end-to-end -end digital onboarding for, say, credit cards applications used to be between 5 to 10%. But now it has risen significantly an average of 40 to 50 percent with some fintechs and neobanks having as high as 80 percent of their applications onboarded digitally. So to summarize, the pandemic has brought the need to have fully digital onboarding journey at the forefront of product roadmaps with dedicated teams, including chief digital officers leading these initiatives. And our work with them has been mainly in two areas. One, consulting them to design friction-right onboarding flows to offer red carpet experience to low-risk consumer while having layered and stepped-up authentication for suspicious consumer. Second, by offering single API-based suite of services, starting from pre-filling the application form, confidently authenticating through systematic backend checks, going up to enabling them to offer instant approvals. I think that's a really important point. Patrick? Are there any key aspects of the onboarding flow that businesses have really focused on? Or have you seen any common themes emerge that you think listeners might be interested in learning about? I think the biggest theme for any customer, and I'm uh, I'm talking across various verticals, has all been one single theme, and it's really been the customer experience. So it's the end-to-end. -end. So there's not a single point that they focus on. What we've done is taken a look from beginning to end, where we could improve, where we could help improve, and so remove steps uh, to make it quick and easy. And you'll hear me say that a lot, I think, today, is consumers, customers want to be able to get through with the least amount of friction, the least amount of information, data inputs, in order order to fully onboard successfully. Um, so again, that has not been on a single point, but has been focused on the entire journey, ensuring that quick and easy is balanced with some protection for identity and risk. So you've got to be able to protect that business and that consumer's identity all uh, at the same time while trying to make it quick and easy. Um, at the end, you know, the review, the main goals have been that user experience, detecting risk without impacting good customers. I think that's a key as well. You don't want your good customers to go through extra friction, extra steps, um, because that, that'll cause them 
to kind of turn away from the process potentially halfway through. Um, and we work with, again, various businesses in, in verticals such as the automotive, uh, insurance space, fintech banking, and financial institution space to help protect uh, from the fraud while reducing that customer impact, which is extremely important. And Mecca? Yes, I observed three common themes emerging across financial institutions, telcos, and fintechs. One, protection from growing fraud threats. Businesses getting increasingly aware that they need to stay ahead with the pulse of the consumer and ever-evolving fraud trends in this digital world. They want to invest in services which help in identifying suspicious transactions upfront. Second, data protection and cybersecurity is something everyone's aware of and they do want to have specific solutions around it. And finally, a remarkable customer experience uh, is believed to be critical to the sustained growth of any business. It promotes loyalty, brand advocacy. So actually today, consumers have the power, not the sellers. Thanks, Mega. When discussing digital onboarding in this new era, how much importance are businesses placing on the CX of their onboarding flows in your respective territories? Well, in a recent study from Deloitte, we see that there's still a big gap in terms of what consumers think of their financial institutions versus their favorite technology brand. Now, these technology companies that are consumers' favorite brands like Amazon, Uber, not only have best-in-class digital capabilities, they also do a superior job integrating digital and physical environments. And integrating both these strategically actually fosters a very emotional connection with your consumers. We have seen additional reports point out that consumers around the globe expect banks to provide similar experiences and interact more like their top technology brands. And interestingly, this is being recognized by the clients across the globe more than ever. We see more and more financial, e-commerce and gaming companies, for example, in India and Hong Kong, offer a highly digital and seamless customer experience already, while companies in other markets like Philippines, Colombia and South Africa also starting to focus significantly more on customer experience. So clients across these markets are seeking guidance from us in designing digital onboarding journeys to offer very smooth customer experience, including trends towards tap rather than type, pre-filling, mobile responsive websites, cross-device functionalities, passive liveness, or voice and device biometrics for a very seamless authentication amongst others. So just to sum it up, businesses recognize that a remarkable customer experience is absolutely essential in making the right first impression to the end customer. Yeah, there's uh, an overwhelming priority placed on that customer experience. And I think it, it's always been there. And the businesses were more comfortable taking a little bit more of a of an approach where add a little bit of friction to protect yourself um, while balancing that customer experience. So it's 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 a very very difficult game to kind of balance the customer experience with the fraud and identity layers that you're implementing. Um, we've seen actually shift, shifting a little bit more towards customer experience and um, allowing a little bit more risk potentially to, uh, just to make sure that that process again is quick, easy, intuitive for that, that consumer or customer to get through very easily and very quickly. So I think the importance of passive uh, authentications, passive layers where they're happening in the background instead of creating frictions or the customers actually going through extra steps has become increasingly important through that. 
And what's your approach to help a company address their ambition to create a great customer experience that matches or even exceeds consumers' expectations? I know, Patrick, you touched on some of these pillars before, but what types of solutions should they be looking uh, at and what advantages can they offer? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the most important thing in this process uh, when we're working with an individual customer um, or individual business is first to really understand the customer's existing digital flow. Um, or if they don't have one, um, and even if they do, we need to understand their desired end state. What's utopia for them and what does that look like? I think first and foremost, uh, understanding where the customer flow is, uh, it's a lot easier to consult and kind of give direction for what solutions should be placed in what order. Um, from there, you know, we have industry experts and, and the knowledge to assist those businesses um, in implementing those flows. Uh, my team together has a close to 100 years of fraud experience. Um, they've worked in various industries uh, in, in different capacities, so within operations, strategy roles, analytic roles, and even consulting roles in previous employers. Um, so offering those recommendations, the flows, the layered protection, and outlining it for them and, and drafting into something they can see becomes extremely important. And again, you know, we, we always go back to those, those pillars that I talked about, and number one becomes you know, the first, first thing that comes through, they'll be on a device. Assessing and risking that device um, is number one. Number two, the consumer ID uh, that they're providing, the PI information is validating that we have a true consumer um, with the information that has been provided. And then putting it through our fraud alerting system. So are there any key information that has been shared that causes risk of identity or fraud? Um, and then number, number four is putting them through that authentication piece. So once you know you have a good consumer, you have all the right information, do I really have that individual on the other end of the phone? Um, and that becomes extremely important. And I have cases, especially with the amount of uh, phishing attacks, social engineering, there's a lot of consumer information available um, to the fraudsters. So they do um, come through, act as that good consumer. Um, so we just want to verify that it truly is the right individual on the other end of that phone. Um, again, it is a little bit simpler in a face-to-face setting. Um, so if you're in the brick-and-mortar store, it's easy to, to look at identities, um, look at the pictures, see the person in front of you, but you don't have that luxury when you're dealing with a non-face-to-face interaction. And Mecca? Well, to appropriately balance fraud protection with customer experience, you need a layered approach. A layered approach to identity establishment, identity proofing, and fraud prevention. And in order to provide this delicate balance, we believe there are some critical strategies which we must employ. One, we need to have a more comprehensive and precise view of consumer identities using online and offline data from multiple data sources. Second, we need to ensure that the data we have is consented and it also facilitates regulatory management. And finally, have a high level of security and confidence as we seek to understand risk and protect transactions when digitally onboarding consumers. Now, regarding advantages, I'll illustrate it through a recent work we did with a global credit card issuer in one of the original market. The background is that they were losing a lot of applications at top of their funnel. Customers would start the journey, but a lot of them would abandon midway because too much information was being asked. So the process was very time consuming to fill. And this resulted in a very high cost per acquisition number for them. So after working jointly on the new digital journey, The benefits were basically in three things. One, 
by reducing friction from the consumer's journey resulted in a lot more finished applications through the door and second is by deploying the id establishment and proofing tools at the back end we not only supported smooth onboarding experience but we also helped catch a lot of more bad applicants up front and finally by optimizing the operational process there were added efficiencies and all these three things together helped us in bringing some incremental savings upwards of 10 million dollar per year thanks mega so talking solutions i'm keen to get your opinion on the transformational power of digital onboarding firstly are there any common errors you see when businesses are working on onboarding projects so for example if i was planning for some transformational work what should i really pay attention to yeah one of the biggest mistakes i've seen um with the interactions we've had with customers is uh collecting all of the information before starting any of the verification process as you stated there's a lot of regulatory we have to, especially in canada we have to collect certain information we have to validate certain information um, against multiple sources in order to kind of conduct business um, in certain verticals but what i've seen done or the mistake i've seen done is again collecting all that information um, and then going through uh that process so meaning all the information is input by that customer they hit the submit button and they kind of sit back and wait patiently until all those checks take place um where we've worked extremely hard with customers just to kind of introduce a continued flow um for those customers to make it again i use the word seamless um so that they're going screen to screen but the checks are happening in the background in parallel in order to make the overall process quicker and cleaner for them um meaning you know if you can eliminate pauses in the flow um or even pending or, or stops where the customer has to sit and wait um because if you can reduce those you won't lose those customers um and unfortunately the bad actors are far more patient than the average customer so if there is stoppages in the flow or pauses the fraudster or the bad actor will wait those out where you know some of the consumers will not and they'll drop and potentially go to a, a competitor that can do it quicker faster and easier for them thank you patrick mega Well Josh if you are planning some transformational work I would suggest you to pay close attention to three things one fix the leakages map the entire onboarding waterfall and find those pockets which may be causing abandonment low hanging fruits typically seen with short application form and using prefill capability second you design a data centric and layered fraud prevention strategy not every customer needs to go through every step all the time and finally digital first not digital only so consumers want the similar experiences irrespective of the channel through which they prefer interacting so in other words we need to deliver a very consistent experience across all channels whether it's an app to mobile web to an in person and even as the economy reopens and there is a desire for in person interaction customers continue to expect and in some cases will demand the convenience afforded by digital commerce and also while you are doing these three things we need to make sure that the process is very simple for the end customer with just a right amount of friction and although the latest and most innovative technology is being applied at the back end you may recall my favorite example here on simplicity of front end experience when using amazon or uber as end customer while back end is leveraging highly advanced complex technology to follow up on that then in your experience patrick there are obviously many indicators that a project's gone well but are there any really hidden business benefits that offer onward value that a great digital onboarding journey can unlock 
Yeah, it, it, with the right flow, what we've seen was we, we put a lot of metrics in with some customers in various verticals to measure performance, measure success. And, you know, that could be measured from one business to another very differently. But we look at things such as conversion, how many people enter the process, get out of the process, get through the process and, and become a good longstanding customer. I think making it quick, user friendly, um, what it will do is it will empower you to convert quicker. It will open up future sales. Um, so whether that's upsell, cross-sells, et cetera, if I'm very happy with a business and they do things really quickly, but they're also protecting me and my personal information and me as a, uh, as a consumer, um, I'm more likely to stay with them and continue to, to do business. So again, this is you know unlocking and creating the right customer flow, the right customer journey, um, making it quick and easy but also protecting them. Um, and I think Canadian consumers are becoming more aware with, a, you know, as you said, a lot of the scams, a lot of things that are happening um, are more in the news, more prevalent and more shared across uh, social medias today that, uh, you know, they want to feel protected. Um, and our customers look at us to be the experts to provide that right level of guidance, recommendation, and really custom tailor an identity and fraud management strategy that's right for them and for their customers. Um, so that could be multiple flows depending on who their, their customers are because they might want some that uh, get white glove treatment, for example. And with the right strategy, you can push through those and also highlight those more and or potentially more profitable consumers and push them through uh, more rapidly and quicker to give them a, a very differentiated treatment. And Mecca? Well, in my experience, there are three hidden benefits which we typically see. One is more data. So with digital onboarding journey, better data is getting recorded and stored in your system. And with right tools, you can make better tactical and strategic decisions and pivot nimbly when market conditions warrant. And we also see companies implementing successful digital transformations have competitive advantages over their competitors that don't. And lastly, and interestingly, with this organizational and cultural change, we see employee motivations level rise up and companies being able to discover some hidden talents. So we've talked about COVID-19's impact on digital onboarding and digital transformation more broadly, but we're hopefully seeing light at the end of the tunnel and a return to growth. Are there any emerging consumer trends or new innovations that you think in your market will heavily influence the future of onboarding? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the major trend definitely is the, that increased shift in growth to the digital channels um, caused by the pandemic, but also was was happening prior to the pandemic. I think it's just accelerated. I think the key innovations that we've worked hard to deliver um, have been the ability to risk rank identity and fraud risks. What this does is it allows our customers or businesses to risk rank potential consumers in a low, medium, high, um, based off numerous indicators. From there, they're able to give them a differentiated treatment. So if the risk is low, the identity is strong, and the fraud risk is low, you can put them through the, the white glove treatment, as I like to say. So put them through a little bit quicker, um, give them a better treatment, where the medium and high risk, you can choose to put through a differentiated strategy and invoke different uh, controls in order to kind of get them through, um, validated, and ensure there's no uh, immediate risk to your business. And what we do is we leverage the powerful TransUnion data and, and really layered with advanced analytics uh, to provide that easy-to-use indicator, whether that's a score, a high, medium, low uh, risk indicator, um, however they choose to, to kind of use that solution. I think that's one of the biggest innovations we've been able to do over this pandemic is, is provide those risk ranking um, triggers to our customers. 
Well, I see following five as top emerging trends that are likely to influence the future of onboarding. One, consent architecture being enforced by regulators for data sharing in a very consented and secure manner. Second, there are new ways to authenticate and not difficult passwords, which people will have to remember. Artificial intelligence focus will continue, like behavioral voice biometrics as identity tokens. Third, hyper-personalization and surgical segmentation, starting from targeting, fraud checks, and underwriting. Four, continued trend of super apps, having deep integration between different companies, partners to offer seamless customer experience. And last, Speed to market will continue to remain important, launching with no frills MVPs. I think my key takeaway with that is that this has to be holistic. There's no one quick fix that's going to work for everyone and, and fraud will continue to adapt, I'm sure. I think in the UK, we're in the middle of a, a consultation on the digital identity trust framework. And for me, this is a great enabler of innovation and leveraging the very best of today's technology to remove the friction where appropriate. So in short, make it quicker and easier for people to verify themselves, seamlessly proving they are who they say they are and they meet the respective criteria to transact or otherwise in that digital marketplace. And placing identity at the core of a business, to my mind, is the digital version of putting a customer first it really does help ensure smooth online interactions and transactions, but also secure privacy-preserving experiences. And getting this right will in turn drive that customer loyalty that I think is going to really have a heavy influence in the future. So I think that's one to watch for the UK at least. So thank you both for a riveting and insightful discussion. To quickly round off then, could I get one key takeaway from each of you? I think my key takeaway is to attract new customers or even build existing customer relationships through that digital onboarding journey. You must make it user-friendly, intuitive, seamless, and safe. In order to be successful uh, nowadays, these are absolute must-haves. Thank you, Patrick. Mega? Well, the one thing which I would like to leave all of you with is recall that consumers are the central point of any business. And if we are not making it easy for the consumers to get onboarded and use our product, someone else is. And if we'll meet that company in the field, we can't beat them. Thank you both for being such insightful guests today. In this podcast, we aim to give you a global perspective on digital onboarding, talking through data and identity solutions, customer experience, and market innovation. I hope you found the discussion as engaging as I have, and share with me in the appreciation of my colleagues who have been able to share their experiences across global markets. And finally, thank you, listeners, for tuning in, and we'll be back soon with further episodes. This podcast was produced by TransUnion, a global insights and analytics company. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of TransUnion, and TransUnion is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. Thank you.